Hello friends, I'm Wayne Shepherd, welcoming you back to Encounter God's Truth from Whitcomb Ministries. One week of celebrating the resurrection was not enough with special guest teacher Dr. Woodrow Kroll, so we have one more to bring you today as he unfolds real hope from a resurrected Lord. Dr. Kroll expands on the great truths of Easter by sharing three vignettes from the Gospels of Luke and John. Is your heart despairing, discouraged, or doubting? Well, you'll want to stay tuned as Dr. Kroll discloses the unmistakable truths that Jesus himself unveiled about his own resurrection, which stands in stark contrast to the cruel death that he suffered beforehand. Yet, it is because of both Jesus' death and resurrection that we have the life-changing hope of salvation he offers. It's become our new tradition to welcome Dr. Kroll to our broadcast at this time to speak to us about the resurrection. You may remember Dr. Kroll for his 23 years as president and senior Bible teacher for the international radio broadcast Back to the Bible. He now serves the Lord through Woodrow Kroll Ministries and as a teacher for the Helios Projects, by which he provides biblical training to pastors globally. And many of these pastors have no formal theological education at all. Now, you can visit us at WhitcombMinistries.org, and you can find all of Dr. Kroll's broadcasts for us, as well as a multitude of resources by Dr. John Whitcomb at SermonAudio.com slash Whitcomb. Right now, let's listen as Dr. Kroll completes this short series for the Easter season. His message is called, Real Hope from a Resurrected Lord. Jesus suffered a real, cruel, agonizing death on the cross. And then he conquered the sin and death through his resurrection. We dare not separate the resurrection from the crucifixion. They're two sides of the same coin. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, that Jesus was seen alive by more than 500 people at one time after his resurrection. 500 people once. Luke records that Jesus proved himself to be alive by many infallible, unmistakable, unarguable proofs during the 40 days after his resurrection and ascension into heaven. Acts chapter 1, verse 3. But it's in Jesus' encounters with individuals that we see the life-changing hope that his death and resurrection brings. In each instance, Jesus restored hope to hearts that had been broken by despair and by disappointment, by doubt. He can do the same thing for you, my friend. Today, I want us to look at three true stories, three little vignettes, stories of eyewitnesses to the greatest event in history. Consider what a world of difference the Savior can make in your life once you consider the difference he made in the lives of these three individuals. So here are three little vignettes, three little stories tied together because of hope. The first is of Mary Magdalene, hope for a troubled heart. The second is of Cleopas, hope for the disappointed heart. And the third will be hope for the doubting heart from Thomas. Let's begin in John chapter 20, verse 1. In verses 1 and 2, Mary Magdalene informs Peter that Jesus' body is missing. Listen to this. Here's John chapter 20, verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, 
the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So what she's doing in these two verses is simply informing Peter and John that Jesus' body is missing. In verses 3 through 10, the disciples have to go see for themselves. So they run to the tomb, and Peter is outrun by John. But John stops at the entrance to the tomb, and Peter catches up and rushes right in, as you would expect Peter to do. Verses 3 to 10, the disciples see the empty tomb for themselves. And in verse 11, it says, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and she wept, and she stooped to look into the tomb. So here we have Mary outside the tomb, peering through the door into the light that came perhaps from a window or maybe a candle struck by Peter and John. Mary stands outside the tomb and she is weeping. Verses 12 and 13 show us that when Peter and John had gone, Mary standing out there all by herself, someone approached her. Verse 12. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. You've got to love Mary because she is so honest. She is so vulnerable. She is so authentic. <laughs> These two angels question Mary. Mary, why are you crying? Why are you weeping? Is this a day of joy? But Mary cries because she doesn't know what's happened to the body of Jesus. She knows she didn't take it. The other ladies who were With her, when she first came to the room, they didn't take it. Peter and John didn't take it. It was already gone. The disciples did not steal this body from the tomb. They're surprised that it's missing. But verses 14 and 15 fill in part of the story. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? (laughs) Isn't this interesting? The two angels in the tomb ask her essentially the same questions. Who are you looking for? And why are you weeping? But this time, the questions come from Jesus himself. Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And verse 15 tells me more about Mary than almost any verse in the Bible. It says she was supposing him to be the gardener. She said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Now you think about this. Her heart is troubled. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know where Jesus' body is gone. She doesn't know what's happening. 
Jesus being perhaps uh, six feet tall, we don't know, maybe weighing 185, somewhere in there. Mary likely being five foot six or seven, weighing 120 or 25, 30. How on earth is she going to take a dead body of Jesus from where they laid it and take it away? My friends, this is sheer faith. This is incredible faith. But Mary doesn't recognize Jesus. She doesn't recognize his voice. He talked to her. He said, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She doesn't know who he is. (laughs) But verse 16. Jesus calls Mary by name. She responds. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. My teacher. See, when Jesus called her by name, she could respond. That's the way it is for us in salvation, you know. God doesn't save people in bunches. He calls us by name. He called me by name when I was just a little boy. My prayer today is he's called you by name and you've responded like Mary did. Verse 17, Jesus said there, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. What a story of hope this is. And here are the key words. I have seen the Lord. Mary Magdalene, seeing the Lord, seeing the empty tomb, seeing that Jesus is alive, gave hope for her troubled heart. And it will do the same thing for you. If you understand Jesus to be alive today, it will give you hope for your troubled heart as well. Well, let me turn back to Luke chapter 24, and we'll see our second little vignette of hope. This time, hope for a disappointed heart. Luke 24, beginning at verse 13, is the story of Cleopas and friend. We don't know who the friend is. But in Luke 24, beginning at verse 13, we are introduced to them on the very day of the resurrection. Now, I want you to notice how both Luke and John make these time references. I mean, what's happened from Luke 24 has been preceded on the same day by the resurrection of Jesus. This is amazing. So many things happen on that day. Oh, here it is for these two on the road to Emmaus. The same day, resurrection day, the day that Mary encountered Jesus. It says in verse 13, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. That very day. All this is happening on Resurrection Sunday, the first day of the week. Verses 13 and 14 tell us more of the story. That very day, two of them going to the village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about the things that had happened. And here they are just discussing things that they saw that day, things they heard that day. 
Mary Magdalene had reported to the disciples. Peter and John reported to the disciples. And likely these two were in the group. They heard from eyewitnesses that Jesus is alive. And they're just kind of discussing that on the way back home to Emmaus. But verse 15 says, while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. This is the same Jesus that was crucified three days earlier. This is the same Jesus that was placed in a tomb three days earlier. And this is the same Jesus that sometime within the last three days rose from the dead and the tomb is now empty. They're discussing together and Jesus himself draws near and goes with them. Uh, But here's a key thing, verse 16 but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. It wasn't that Jesus' body looked different from normal bodies. In fact, it didn't. It wasn't that he had a different set of clothes than he normally wore. Likely he didn't. This was a divinely induced blindness to recognize who Jesus was. Verse 17. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. I mean, Jesus asks them, what is, what is going on? What are the events that are happening right now? Catch me up on what you're talking about. So they relate the events of the week and the empty tomb. Verse 18. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him. Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty in deed and in word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. We had hoped he was the Messiah. We had hoped he would redeem Israel. And yet three days ago, they crucified him and put him dead in the tomb. We'd hoped he was the one. Oh, but the story isn't finished. Moreover, they said, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. Now, they've related, essentially, back to Jesus, what Jesus said to them. They've related, essentially, back to Jesus, what the ladies reported to the disciples. They have now related back to Jesus what Peter and John told the other disciples. And what these two witnesses to those conversations heard when they were in Jerusalem. They have now told Jesus what's going on. They've caught him up on the happenings of the day. They have now related back to Jesus 
what Peter and John told the other disciples and what these two witnesses to those conversations heard when they were in Jerusalem. They have now told Jesus what's going on. The tomb was empty. The women saw the tomb was empty. Peter and John saw the tomb was empty. And they just are amazed. They're just not sure. That's when Jesus steps in and helps them. He always does, you know, just when we need him most. Verse 25, and he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into glory? Was that not necessary? You see, he had already told the other disciples that this was necessary. In fact, time after time in both Matthew and Luke, it's recorded that Jesus told his disciples that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, that it was necessary for him to be crucified, and that it was necessary for him to be raised on the third day. All that was a part of the eternal plan of God. The crucifixion was not an accident. It was not a starved crowd wanting to see someone dead. It was part of God's eternal plan for our salvation. And the resurrection was also part of God's eternal plan for our justification. These men have recorded back to Jesus what Jesus already knew. And he says to these men who reported back to him what he already knew, Oh, foolish ones, it's slow of heart to believe. That's a problem, friends. Being slow of heart to believe, that's a problem among believers. These men were two disappointed disciples. They found it hard to believe what others found it hard to believe. When the ladies came back and reported to The disciples that Jesus had risen from the dead, three times it says they didn't believe them. Three times. But you know what what conquers all in this story of Cleopas, this middle little story, hope for the disappointed heart. What conquers everything is verse 27. Jesus, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He started all the way back with Moses. And he went through all the prophets of Israel, the great prophets and the minor prophets. And he said, all these things point to the Messiah, and I am the Messiah. I have been raised from the dead. He interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. But what are these people to do now, these two men? Quickly, Jesus disappears from their presence. Their eyes were opened. They recognized him, and he vanished from their sights. Verse 32 says, they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the 11 
and those who were gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told them what happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. It's all there. Cleopas was downhearted. He was disappointed in Jesus. We thought he was the Messiah. But now he has hope again. Mary Magdalene had hope for the troubled heart restored. Her heart was troubled. Cleopas's heart was disappointed. And Jesus took that disappointment away. He gave hope for the disappointed heart. Well, let me go to our final little story. It's the story of Thomas, hope for the doubting heart. Maybe this is where you find yourself today. The story is found in John chapter 20, beginning at verse 19. This is on the evening of that day first day of the week. Now, all these things that we've talked about in our stories today, all of these things happened on the day Jesus rose from the dead, happened on Resurrection Sunday. So it says, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. (laughs) He didn't open the door. He just suddenly was in their presence. And when he said this, verse 20, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Now, they wouldn't believe the testimony of Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome. Some of them probably didn't believe the testimony of Peter and James, uh, John, rather. They didn't believe eyewitness testimonies. So Jesus comes, stands in their midst. Jesus himself is there in his resurrected body. And he says to them, look at my hands. Look at my side. He wanted them to see with their own eyes the evidence that he had been crucified and now was alive. But there's a problem in this story. Verse 24 brings that problem up. Now, Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails, and place my finger into the marks of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. (laughs) Why, these disciples have a belief problem, don't they? They have a real problem trusting their Savior. Well, eight days later, Jesus appears to the disciples again, one week to the day, Sunday a week later. And this time, verse 26 says, Thomas was with them. Again, the doors were closed and locked. Jesus came and stood among them, said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. 
Now, this is the Thomas that said, I'm never going to believe unless I see the prince, unless I can put my hand in his side. I'll never believe. Jesus shows up eight days later and says, okay, Thomas, here are my hands. Here's my side. Don't disbelieve. Believe. You see what happens next? Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Thomas didn't need to put his fingers in the print holes in Jesus' hands. He did not need to put his hand in Jesus' side. He believed. My Lord and my God, what a confession of faith that is. See, Thomas was the doubting heart. But now he's been given hope for his doubting heart. Do you have a doubting heart today? Maybe you have a disappointed heart or even just a troubled heart. Whatever your problem is today, Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection is the answer. Don't be disappointed. Don't be troubled. Don't doubt. But say to the Lord, my Lord and my God, don't disbelieve, but believe. We rejoice that we can believe that God's Word is true from the beginning to the end. You're listening to Encounter God's Truth from Whitcomb Ministries, and that was special guest teacher Dr. Woodrow Kroll wrapping up his two-week series on the resurrection. To listen anytime, meet us at sermonaudio.com slash Whitcomb. You can also find news and updates at facebook.com slash Whitcomb Ministries. We want to thank Dr. Kroll for blessing us with these outstanding Easter messages, and we look forward to having him back for another unique broadcast later this year. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and I want to thank you for joining us today here on Encounter God's Truth.